Be up standing on your feet. And let us welcome our teacher, our apostle, our father in the house, our pastor, Dr. Abel Damina. Somebody celebrate, 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 celebrate. Welcome, Papa. Thank you. Glory. Somebody bless, shout a powerful amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Father, we thank you for the privilege. This is another opportunity to minister to your very precious people. Thank you for the honor that we have to learn, to be equipped, to be built up, to be edified. And we rejoice that your word comes with clarity. There's no error in this environment. We decree that revelation knowledge is gifted everybody. Bodies and yokes are destroyed. Whatever is not planted by God is rooted out. By the end of this service, we'll all be the better for it. So we give you praise, glory, and honor for answered prayer. In Jesus' name we pray and every believer says a powerful amen. amen. Lift that right hand to heaven. Let's release our faith together as a family and say these words, I am born of God. I am born of the word. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the word. I do the word naturally. Therefore today, I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus name. And every believer says that amen like thunder. Well, give Jesus the greatest shout. Hallelujah. Glory. Amen. Grab your pen, your notebook, your Bible. You can be seated with your sweet smart self tonight. Whoa, what a blessing. Well, Pastor Jen has done all the introductions and acknowledgements and I just, you know, uh, confirm with her and appreciate every one of you that has been acknowledged and those that were not acknowledged, we love you and appreciate all of you too. The online brethren, we are glad you are part of the service tonight. Alright, are you ready for the word of God? I'm just going to build on what I started in the previous service. I just, I'm just going to build on it. Alright, Second Timothy chapter 3 verse number 15. Brother Paul writes a letter to Timothy, a protege of his, and he says to Timothy, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. And we said the word known is the word oida. It means you have become acquainted or you know your way around the holy scriptures. We took time to establish that the holy Spirit scriptures will not be Timothy because he will not be telling Timothy you have known the holy scriptures even before writing the book of Timothy. So Timothy is not the holy scripture. Also, in Luke 24, 25, 26, 27, Jesus called them fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory and beginning at Moses and all the prophets? He expounded unto them in all the scriptures. So Jesus refers to the scriptures as Moses and all the prophets. So the scriptures, therefore, will be Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and all the prophets, major prophets, minor prophets of the Old Testament refers to the scriptures. Brother Paul will say, according to the scriptures of the prophets. So when we say scriptures, technically, we're talking of Genesis to Malachi. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is not scripture in the sense of canon. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are eyewitness accounts, journalistic accounts of the incarnation. 
The book of Galatians chapter 4 verse 4 tells us, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. So Jesus was made under the law, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So which means Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, even though they are eyewitness accounts, they are an extension of the Old Testament with New Testament promises. You will see Peter killing Ananias and Sapphira, which is not New Testament. You will see cross-testamental applications carried into the book of Acts. But after a while, all of them peter out because they are not core New Testament practices. So the book of Acts is the history of how the church transitioned from law to grace. In the book of Acts, you will also see how Peter transitioned from law to grace. In the book of Acts, you will also see how how Paul transitioned from law to grace. From Judaism actually. Because brother Paul was into Judaism. And he says, I count all of it as dung for the excellency of Christ Jesus the Lord. So, both Peter transitioned, Paul transitioned. You know, all of them because they were neck deep into religion. They were neck deep into the religion of the Jews. They were neck deep into the law of Moses. So, they also had to transition from law to grace, from Judaism to Christ. All that transitioning had to happen. And the book of Acts has a record of all of that transition. But core doctrine begins from Romans. And it begins with the doctrine of righteousness. That's where brother Paul would say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation. And it says to the Jew and to the Greek, For therein in the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written. The just shall live by faith. So the book of Romans begins doctrine with the doctrine of righteousness. Because doctrine begins with righteousness. Because that's the first thing you receive at the point of salvation. You receive the gift of the righteousness of God by faith. Can I have a powerful amen? Now, I'm laying foundation because I have a lot to share with you. So, you know, just stay with me, follow me. So now, we see that Genesis to Malachi is the law and the prophets. Okay? And then we see that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are transition books from law to grace. Romans to Revelation, doctrinal material. Now, you have known Genesis to Malachi. Which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. Did you see what I just did? You have known Genesis to Malachi. The scriptures. Which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. Through faith. So Genesis to Malachi contains faith in Christ. So when you read Genesis to Malachi. You will find faith in Christ. Which means the message of faith in Christ taught by brother Paul was not brother Paul's creation. It was brother Paul taking Genesis to Malachi and in interpreting the message brought out righteousness by faith. Because righteousness by faith is in the Old Testament. In fact, before the Old Testament, righteousness by faith existed. Now, now, now. Old Testament did not begin in Genesis. The Old Testament did not begin in Genesis. Genesis is not Old Testament. Where did the Old Testament begin from? Hebrews chapter 8 verse number 6. Hebrews chapter 8 verse number 6. But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry. By how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant. 
which was established upon better promises. When you read the book of Hebrews and you see the word better, it's not comparison like good, better, best. No. When he says better, he's talking of eternal. Better promises, eternal promises. Better covenant, eternal covenant. Compared to the covenant that the children of Israel had, which was temporal. So when he says better, he's talking of, about eternal things which came out of the sacrifice of Christ. Look at the next verse now, verse 7. For if that first covenant had been faultless, so he calls it the first covenant, there should not place have been sought for the second. So now it gives you an impression, if you stop there, that there's something wrong with the first covenant. But that's not what he's saying. Look at the context of it. Next verse, the pretext. He says, for finding fault with them. So the old covenant was a fault finder. It found fault with the people to whom it was given. Now if you observe, he called it first. He didn't call it old. Because for you to have old means a new has arrived. But until the arrival of the new, there will be no old. There will be first. It is the coming of the new that makes the first old. Am I communicating at all? So, for if the first covenant has been faultless, there will be no need for the new. For finding fault with them, he saith. Behold, the days come, save the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Next verse. Not according to the covenant which I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt. So the old covenant began from Exodus, the movement of the people. So Genesis is not old covenant. So when we say old testament, we are talking of Exodus to Malachi. Genesis not inclusive. Why? Because Genesis is not Old Testament. How do we know that? Galatians chapter 3 verse 17. In fact, let's start from verse 15. Galatians chapter 3 from verse number 15. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant. Whose covenant? A man's covenant. It's not God's covenant. It's the covenant of a man. A man's covenant. Yet, if it be confirmed, not the covenant of the man be confirmed. So if what be confirmed, context will explain. Yet if, if, if it be confirmed, no man disannulled or added thereto. Next verse. verse. Next verse now. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not unto thy seeds as of many but as of one and to thy seed which is Christ next verse follow this follow this and this I say that the covenant that was confirmed which covenant was confirmed before of God in Christ if it be confirmed no man disannulled if which be confirmed not the covenant of man. Because in verse 15 he says there's a covenant of man. In verse 17 he now begins to talk about the promise of God to Abraham. And now he's saying that the covenant which was confirmed before. Before the covenant of man. There was a covenant confirmed. Before of God in Christ. The law which was 430 years after, cannot 
disannulled the covenant of God in Christ that it should be of none effect. You know, Brother Paul, soon as he's here, what Brother Paul is saying is that the New Testament predated the Old Testament. That the New Testament is older than the Old Testament. That the Old Testament is younger than the New Testament. That it is first New Testament, then Old Testament, then New Testament. But New Testament in a promise, interrupted by Old Testament, the covenant of man, which is the law. Then the New Testament in a promise, crossed over the law to be confirmed in the New Testament and consummated in the shed blood. You know what he's telling you here? That God doesn't have two covenants. God doesn't have two. Because many people, is because they think God has two covenants, that they will tell you that the God of the Old Testament is more action-filled than the God of the New Testament. Have you had such statements? Have you had things like the other side of God? The other side of God. God has no other side. He only has one side. He has no hidden agendas. So you can trust him. You can know God through the scriptures that you can predict his next action. God is not mysterious. All his mystery has been demystified by the incarnation. The incarnation is a physical appearance of God so that man can know all of God. Jesus is the comprehensive, exclusive, precise revelation of God to man. Jesus is the manifestation, the visibility of the invisible. He is the express image. He is the perfect imprint. He is the totality of deity manifested in humanity. So whatever Jesus does not do, God never does. Because Jesus is God revealed. What God does is what Jesus does. Because Jesus said, I can of myself do nothing. What I see my father do, I do. So Jesus is the accurate, exact, precise, comprehensive. He is the manifestation of the agenda, the plan, the design, the architecture. He is the agenda of God manifested to man. So man can look at Jesus and know what God will do and what God cannot do. Jesus is the accurate definition of God's character and the exact definition of God's nature. A God that doesn't want you to know you will not give you 66 books. A God that doesn't want you to know you will not appear in human flesh. Someone that doesn't want you to know you will not give you a volume of 66 books explaining himself. Someone that wants to remain mysterious will not appear in human skin and live with you for 33 years so you can know him. And he wasn't just living. He explained himself. He told them, I am the way. He told them, I am the bread of life. He told them, I am the truth. He told them, I am the life. He told them, I am the Lord of the harvest. He told them, I am the true manna from heaven. He told them, I came from heaven. He told them, no man has gone to heaven. He told them, if I tell you of earthly things and you're confused, what if I tell you of heaven? There's nothing he hid from them. He told them, I came not to kill, but to give life. So even when they killed, he brought back to life. How can you say God is a killer when Jesus was busy raising the dead? I feel like I'm teaching good. 
how can you say God can punish you with a disaster when Jesus rebuked the wind, rebuked the storm, and spoke peace to the sea? If God is behind disaster, Jesus will not stop the storm. He will increase the storm. But that Jesus stopped the storm means if you are going through a storm, it is Satan in action. And if you resist the devil, he will flee from you. Oh, if I'm teaching good, I want to hear a powerful amen. Jesus is the express revelation of God. The exact, the precise. Jesus is the totality of God's agenda in humanity. When you see Jesus, there's nothing to God you have not seen. Except you don't believe that Jesus is God. And if you don't believe that Jesus is God, you are not born again. In fact, if you don't believe that Jesus is God, you are anti-Christ. Anti-Christ is a belief system. It's not a man. COVID-19 is not antichrist. Antichrist is not a vaccine. 5G is not antichrist. Antichrist is not a technology. Antichrist is a belief system that denies the deity of God or the humanity of God. A church can be antichrist. Islam is antichrist. Because Islam does not believe that Jesus is God. Islam believes that Jesus is a prophet. So Islam denies the deity of Christ. Which makes Islam anti. Anti means opposing Christ. And there are some churches, I won't call their name. That believe that Jesus is the son of Mary. And that Mary can pray for them. But don't believe that Jesus is God. So that church is antichrist. The age of a lie doesn't make it a truth. Selah. Jesus is not a prophet. On the, on the way, Jesus said to them, Who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they say, John the Baptist, prophet. Elias, prophet. Jeremiah, prophet. Who do you? Because all the labels you are giving me are not me. Who do you say that I, the son of man, am? And for the first time, they've been with Jesus and never knew Jesus. You can be preaching Jesus, but you don't know him. They ate, slept, played with him, but didn't know him. Who do you say I am? Uh, then Peter desired. And then revelation opened. You don't know Jesus by head knowledge. You know Jesus by revelation. Jesus is a revelation. Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Blessed art thou Simon Bajona, for flesh and blood has not revealed. So brother Paul keeps praying that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you may have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. The word end there is wisdom. That is revelation. There are not two things. It's one. Wisdom is revelation. Revelation is wisdom in the knowledge of him. Are we together here? 
So that's why when we teach sound doctrine, people that have been messed up by religion fight us. Don't blame them. They are blind. How much can you argue with a blind man? This is blue. The man is blind. He's saying he's white. Where do you start from? Leave him alone. There are people you don't try to help. Leave them alone. The best you can do is pray that their eyes be open. You know, the anointing of Jesus is to open blind eyes. It's not physical blindness. It's spiritual. That one, spiritual blindness is more darker than physical blindness. You can have eyes, but you are blind. You can be blind, but you see. I just said something here. So somebody say revelation knowledge. So Jesus is the exact, precise, comprehensive. Jesus is the totality. Jesus is all of deity. Jesus is 100% God as though not man and 100% man as though not God. He's a tentropos. He's God man. Jesus is the express revelation of God. So to know God, you know Christ because no man can come to the Father except by me. Jesus is the, he's the, he's the, he's the, he's the, he is the full image of the invisible God. God is invisible. You cannot see the invisible. Brother Paul calls God the immortality that dwelleth in unapproachable light, which no man has seen, nor will ever see. No man will ever see God. Not even after the rapture. Which no man has ever seen, nor will ever see. So Jesus, therefore, gives visibility to the invisible. You didn't get what I just said. So once you see Jesus, be satisfied. That's the best of God you will ever see. God revealed in Christ. Look at John chapter 14 from verse 6. Put it up for me. Are you learning something tonight? John 14 verse 6. John chapter 14 verse number 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, John 14 6. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Observe the discourse. Next verse. Philip, okay, if you had known me, you should have known my Father also. So to know the Father, you know me. You don't know me, you don't know the Father. Like somebody says, I, I, I don't know any Sangoma. I don't know any Juju priest. I only know God. Ask him, which God? God in heaven. You don't know God. You are a joke. But if somebody say, I don't know any juju priest, I don't know any sangoma, I only know God. Which God? Christ. He knows God. Outside Christ, no God. There's no God anywhere outside Christ. Jesus is not junior God. Jesus is not God's errand boy. Jesus is not God's messenger. Jesus does not speak for God. Jesus is God speaking for himself. Jesus is God introducing himself. Jesus is God defending himself. Am I talking to somebody here? 
He says, if you had known me, you should have known my father also. Uh, and from henceforth, Nakuru, from henceforth, you know him and have seen him. Glory to God. You know him and have seen him. Now, Peter, I mean Philip that was messed up by religion like some of us may be. When Jesus said this, it was too heavy. What? What? I'm sure Philip said was doing wow, 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 wow. All the sirens went off. Wow, 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 wow. Emergency, emergency, emergency. Emergency. A man is calling himself God. Emergency, emergency. So, out of emergency, Philip said unto him, Lord, Lord, show us the Father. Don't play with our intelligence. We are not little boys. We know what we are talking about. You cannot be the Father. You slept. You ate. You went to the toilet. You cannot be the Father. You were tired. You were snoring yesterday night. You cannot be the Father. <laughs> They were talking to Jesus. How can you be the father? So Philip says, show us the father and we will not trouble you again. It sufficeth us. We promise you no more question. Just say, that is the father. Case closed. We'll leave you alone. Are you following? Next verse. Jesus said unto him, have I been so long time with you and yet has thou not known me, Philip? Philip. Philippi. I've been with you all this period. So you see, somebody can be in church for 30 years and don't know Christ. Somebody can preach Christ and is ignorant of Christ. Philip, I've been with you all this and you have not known me. He that has seen me had seen the Father. And how sayest thou then? Show us the Father. There is no Father outside me. There's no father anywhere else. I am the father. Oh, glory to God. If you're getting this, say, I hear, I hear. He says, he that, he says, there's no father elsewhere to show you. I am the father. Uh, somebody said to me, Dr. Damina, look, 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 look. If Jesus is the father, why did Jesus say, pray after this manner, our father, which art in heaven? Jesus said that because he didn't want them to stone him. You remember one time he said, I am my father, and they took what? Jewish people like stoning people. Any little thing. Remember the woman caught in the act of adultery? Any little thing, they just carry stones. They, they have stoning ministry in Israel. They are expert stoners. It's a calling for them. They took stones. Jesus said, hold, hold, hold. Before you start stoning me. For which of these miracles do you stone me? They said, ah, we love miracles. For miracles we stone you not. But you a man, makers yourself God, is blasphemy. He said, ah. Have I not said in your law that you also are God? 
if he called them God unto whom the word of God came and the scriptures cannot be broken. So they left him alone. <laughs> Jewish people know that when you say I am my father are one, what you are saying is I am the father. That's why they took stones. It's not identification. It's a revelation that the father you are looking for in heaven is the one among you. John 3.13 Let me start from 11. John 3.11 Are you getting blessed? John chapter 3 verse 11 Very, 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 now this was Jesus' encounter with Nick at night. You know Nick? Nicodemus. Nick at night. Very, very, I say unto thee Stop laughing at Nick. (laughs) If not, Nick will come to you at night. (laughs) Very, very, I say unto thee we speak that we do know and testify that we have seen and you receive. Jesus is talking to Nicodemus a ruler of the Jews, a religious father a gatekeeper archbishop he was the pope of the Jews a ruler of Jewish people means he was a Pharisee call one he says he testified and you receive not our witness Look at what Jesus will say to Nicodemus to humble him. Next verse. If I have told you, Nick, earthly things, and you believe not. Nick, I just said be born again. And you are saying, shall I enter my mother's womb and come out? Since you were born, have you seen a child go back to his mother's stomach? Nick, can't you think Nick, as big as you are, you are talking like a toddler. Nick, <laughs> if I've told you of any things and you're confused, what if I tell you of Mazoka, Lekira, Nakota, Meginga? What if I speak to you in the language of immortality? I'm speaking mortality and you're confused. Now observe. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Next verse. And no man hath ascended up to heaven. But he that came down from heaven. Even the son of man. Not which was. Which is. That means even now that I'm talking to you Nick. I am the one in heaven. And I am the one here. Are you understanding? Look at the way Philippians put it. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Philippians 2 5. Next verse. Who being in the do you have King Amplified? No Amplified. Okay, don't worry. I'm, I'm going to say to you, the, you know, without reading it. Who being in the form of God, taught it not robbery to be equal with God. What he's saying is, Jesus is essentially one with God. That is, Jesus has all the attributes that makes God, God. All the attributes that makes God, God, Jesus possesses them. Is it Amplified? You know, Amplified was written by a woman. That's why there's too much talk inside. King James is man. Amplified woman. King James just say very, 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 say, except a man be born again, you can just say the kingdom, full stop. Amplified, we say, except a man be born again, that is... Okay, look at the way he said. You see, King James, who being in the form of God, taught it not robbery to be equal with God. Look at Amplified. Pastor Philemon, where is it? 
What is this? Okay. <laughs> Look, I amplified. Who, although... <laughs> women ministry, right? Who, although... Sister Pastor Jane, it's not you I'm talking about. I'm talking about... <laughs> Who, although... Being... Are you here? Who, although being essentially one with God, and in the form of God, possessing the fullness of the attributes which make God God. Do not think this equality with God was a thing to be eagerly grasped or retained, but stripped himself. He, God, removed God and kept God by himself. Then he, God, took on man and put on while retaining God. I don't know if you understand. That's exactly what he did. Because if he had come as God, nobody can kill God. But he has to come to die because he loves you. For him to die, he must remove God and put on humanity because only men die. It is appointed unto man to die. God doesn't die. So if God will save you, he has to be in a form where he can die. So he removed God, kept, took on man while maintaining God, came in a form he could die, rose from the dead as man while still retaining God. So when you look at him too much, you say, see our father. You think you are talking to somebody else, but you are still talking to him. Am I explaining? So he's the one in heaven and he's the one on earth. The Trinity is a concept of redemption. If there was no fall of man, there will be no Trinity. It's because man fell that the need for Trinity came. So, God, creator, Christ, the man, died and rose. Man does not live in man. So, Christ, the man, rose, came as Holy Spirit to live in man. God, creator, Christ, Redeemer, Holy Ghost, Regeneration. One person functioning for three purposes to help man. That is the love of God. That is how much God loves you. That he was willing to go through all of these different things to help you. He didn't do it for himself. He doesn't need it. He did it for you. You need it. So Jesus is God Almighty. What did Isaiah prophesy? His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Ever the Prince. So who is Everlasting Father? Jesus. Who is Mighty God? Jesus. There's no God outside of Christ. There's no God outside Jesus. The more you know Jesus, the more you know God. The less of Jesus you know, the less of God you know. 
The revelation of Jesus is the revelation of God. Am I teaching good? There can be no God elsewhere. Now, so, Genesis is the promise. Exodus to Malachi is the law. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they are Old Testament books with New Testament promises. Acts, history of transition. Romans to Revelation, call New Testament. Are we in the building? Now, I went through all of that to get to where I'm going now. Romans chapter 1 verse 3. Romans chapter 1 verse 3. Start from verse 2 because of time. Romans 1, 2 for pretext. Which if start start from one. Start from one. Paul is servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Next verse, separated unto the gospel of God. What is the gospel of God? The gospel of God is the gospel that was promised, not the gospel of Christ. The gospel of God. The gospel of God is in a promise. The gospel of Christ is the promise fulfilled. The gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. So what is the gospel of God in the Holy Scriptures? Next verse. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. What is the gospel? The message of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. What is the message of the son of God? Death, burial, resurrection. So somebody now says to me in Nakuru, so if Jesus is God, why is he called son of God? Well, you are thinking of son as in English son. Son. The son of Joseph. The son of... That's what you are thinking. But remember again, the Bible is not an English material. It's Greek Hebrew. English is translation. And English, English keeps getting better every day. And when King James was translated, English was very young. That's why a lot of expressions in King James loses the flavor of the original content. That's why if you stay with King James alone, you will lose so much. That's why we Bible teachers, we do Greek and Hebrew to help bring out the flavors that you won't find in King James when we teach. That's why you need a Bible teacher. Because there are things you won't see. But when I start teaching, they open up, you see them. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Now, so, the word son is when deity puts on humanity. The descent of God into human flesh is called son of God. Son of God is not like a child God gave birth to. No. Son of God is the unification of immortality with mortality. When God takes up mortality, that combination is called son of God. That's why the moment you receive Christ, Immortality comes into you as mortality. You become a son of God. As many as receive immortality, to them he gave power to become because a son of God is a marriage. It's an amalgamation of immortality with mortality in a body. So when God took on flesh, he was called son of God. Is it getting clear? Because that's one of the arguments the Muslims have. How can God have a child? They are thinking of son as English. They are not thinking of Bible language. And some of you, when they ask you such questions, you just tell them, don't be talking about God like that. No, no, you are intimidating them. You need to explain. 
You need to explain. Don't just tell them, don't be talking like that. Even God said, come let us reason together. Ask your questions, I will answer. God is not afraid of questions. <laughs> Some people don't like questions. They ask their questions, they become defensive. God wants to answer your questions. Glory to God. And that's why thorough teaching is important because when you are grounded in knowledge, you're not afraid of questions. In fact, you want questions. Because you want to help people understand where they are in darkness. Praise God. So the gospel is concerning his son. Look at the next verse. Concerning his son and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness. How? By the resurrection from the dead. By the resurrection from the dead. In the previous service, I raised some issues that requires a lot of thinking. I said, you do not confess sin. And I know that there are pastors here who need to understand that properly to be able to preach it well. Believers do not confess sins. Believers confess Christ. Why do we confess Christ? The Lamb of God which taketh away the sin. We don't confess sin. We confess the sin bearer. Now, uh, let me give you a framework. Can I give you a framework? So now, 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 5 and 6. Oh, Nakuru, we came to give you something. We didn't come here to play, right? So stay with me. Say, I'm staying, I'm staying. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men. The man, Christ Jesus. Next verse. Who gave himself? Who gave himself a ransom? If you are making notes, write ransom in capital letters. Who gave himself? They didn't give him. He gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Question. Under what circumstances is a ransom paid? Kidnap. Ransom is a language identified with kidnap. When a man is kidnapped, the kidnappers keep him in custody and demand for ransom from his family or from his government depending on how important an asset is to his government. And a negotiation takes place between the family reps or the government reps and the kidnappers because of how important the person is. The ransom is a reflection of the value of the person. If you are a useless person, they will say, give us two dollars. If you are a heavy asset, they will say 10 million US dollars. So, the value of the man is reflected in the ransom demanded. Are you understanding? I know what I'm talking about because my daughter was kidnapped at the age of five. My last girl. He was driving, she in the car, and the gunman came out, kicked him out, and took her. And they demanded ransom from me. 
and they were demanding for a lot of money. Millions and millions. Because they know that I love that girl. At the age of five, they took her away. That was a very trying time for me. So I know what it is like to be kidnapped and for ransom to be demanded. Unfortunately, I didn't have the money. If I had, I would have given them times five and get my daughter back. Money can go, I can always get it. But I can't lose my daughter because I can't reproduce her. It's like some people that love money too much. When, when thieves come to them with a gun and say, your money or you, you say me. Yeah, they take him out and take the money. Stupid man. <laughs> Are you still here? So, Jesus gave himself a ransom. Please, I beg you in Nakuru, don't miss this at all. It will change your ministry and life. Jesus gave himself what? A ransom for how many? For all. To be testified when? In due time. Now look at Romans 8.32. Romans chapter 8 verse 32. The brother on the computer here is sanctified by the Holy Ghost. He that speared not his own son, but delivered him up. That word delivered up in the Greek means betrayal. He was betrayed and handed over to the hands of his enemies cheaply. Gave him up. To give you up means to cheaply surrender you to your enemies. So God spared not his son or himself, but delivered. Handed, betrayed himself. God betrayed himself for you. From the beginning of time, God has always been one. When you came into the equation, God became son. As son, God handed over his son. So, God gave up himself to his enemies for you. From the fall of man in Genesis, God kept looking for man. Adam, where are thou? Man was running. God was chasing man. God never left man. There is no sin that can make God leave man. Because God has cure for sin. You only abandon a case when you don't have a cure for it. But once you have a cure for it, you take up the challenge. God likes challenges. So when man sinned, God took it up. Because he has a cure for man's sin. So man is running, I'm naked. I'm, I'm naked. I have sinned. God is chasing. Where are thou? Where are thou? Where are thou? I'm naked. God gets skin, covers man, and tells man, the seed of the woman will end this nonsense. What God was saying is, I will become the seed of the woman, and I will end this nonsense. Oh, I don't know if I'm talking to somebody. He gave himself a ransom. For all. So now God keeps chasing man. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus to Malachi. God is chasing man. Matthew, Mark, Luke. God is chasing man. But right at the end of the four gospels, on the cross, God left God. God looked at God. Oh, 
God looked at God. And God turned his back on God. Because of you. God walked away from God. God cried to God. Eloi, Eloi. Lama sabatani. My God, my God. Why has thou forsook? So God forsook God. So that he will never forsake you. He said, I will never leave you. Nor forsake you. I will be with you always. Why? Because I forsook myself on your behalf. God walked away from God. And God cried, my God, my God. Why? And God never turned his face to God. Until God died. In humanity. Was buried. Three days God was separated from God. Three days. Three nights. Where did he go? He went to hell. Where you were supposed to go. And he was in hell for three days, three nights. Which is all of eternity, past eternity, future compressed in three days. Because the outcome of three days was eternal life, eternal redemption, eternal salvation, eternal inheritance. Because three days was a metaphor for eternity past to eternity future. Somebody says, can we put Hebrews 9.15? Put it up for me. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 15. Stay with me. And for this cause, and for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament. The mediator of the New Testament. That by means of death, by the vehicle, by the instrument of death, by the vehicle, you can interpret it for yourself. By means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament. So in the death of Christ, from the sin of Adam, Abraham, all the sins of David, Samson, all their sins put together was gathered and put on Christ. Transgressions of the Old Testament. Then God zoomed into eternity future. And so all of you plus your children's children's children to the hundred generation. In his infinite knowledge, entered into their life circumstances and accommodated all their sins for their lifetime, including the unborn. Gathered all, put on Christ. So Christ was carrying sins from the beginning of the earth to when he was dying. Then he zoomed into the future and carried sins not yet committed. All of mankind's sins all put on Christ. Look at it. That they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. So when Jesus died, he paid for eternity past and eternity future. There's that song that they sing in church. 
Something is wrong with that song. Said the price of sin was paid to God. Many of you believe that Jesus paid the price to God. So God is the kidnapper. How can God kidnap you and give Himself a price to release you? Is he a joker? The price of sin was not paid to God. I did a 35-hour teaching on that. To whom was the price of sin paid? It's a theological subject. It's serious. It wasn't paid to, 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 to God. God doesn't need the price. God is the one paying the price. So who did God pay the price of sin to? He paid the price of sin to sin. Because sin is the kidnapper. Sin kidnapped us and sin demanded for our lives. So God gave his life on our behalf to sin. He became sin. Who knew no sin? God never, Jesus never committed sin. He had no sin. He was sinless. In the Old Testament, you bring a sinless goat. You don't bring a sinful goat. Your goat should not be blind. Your goat should not have one leg. Your goat should have no blemish. And your goat should not have kwashoko. It was brought once a year under the shadows. Is it not true? They brought the goat how many times? Once every year. And when they bring the goat, the high priest will examine the goat, not the goat bringer. The goat bringer is not examined. Even though the goat bringer is the sinner. God does not examine the sinner. He examines the goat. And if the goat is okay, the sinner is asked to go. So as you are sinning, feed the goat. Whenever you sin, take food to the goat. Just be feeding the goat. Because that's your way of escape. You may not stop sinning, no problem. But just as you are sinning, feed the goat. It is this kind of preaching. They will now say, Dr. Damina is giving people license to sin. I'm not the one. They started giving them license from Genesis. <laughs> Okay, let's be frank, all of us. Who gave man the license to sin? Who? God. God gave man the license to sin. How? Tree of life. Tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You choose. What's that? License. What are you talking about? It's God that showed man. That one, sin. This one, life. Choice yours. Anyone you choose will be okay. But don't choose this. You will die. Choose this. You will live. Anyway, I'm not influencing you. 
I'm only informing you. Ultimately, you make the choice. But when you make the choice, you don't determine the outcome of the choice. So man made the choice for death. And God said, I know you can't help it. But even though you can't help it, I, God, I make myself the solution for your choice. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. So the world is not condemned. Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. He came to love on the world. Don't say, Dr. Damina, you don't preach sin. That's not the gospel. Gospel is good news. Preaching sin does not glorify God. Preaching resurrection, which is the cure for sin, is what glorifies God. Teaching good tonight. He's the mediator of the new covenant. By the vehicle of death. Yeah, 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 yeah. Take note of some Greek words that will help you in your understanding of this message. So, a ransom is a price you pay to free a slave. A ransom. Or to change a circumstance. Or to change the ownership of something. A ransom is what you pay to free a slave, to change a circumstance, or to change the circumstance of something. So, we're looking at the salvation plan of God from the value of it the value of salvation which is the ransom that was paid the price paid is one person first corinthians 130 first corinthians chapter 1 verse 30 first corinthians chapter 1 verse 30 but of him are ye in christ jesus who of god is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption right redemption in capital letters and redemption jesus was made unto us redemption redemption galatians 3 13 and 14 galatians 3 13 and 14 christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us for it is written Cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree. Why? That the blessing of Abraham. When he says the blessing of Abraham, he's not talking of cattle. He's not talking of horses and camels. He's talking about the blessing of Abraham, which is the blessedness of righteousness devoid of works. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise. No, it's not the promise of the spirit. The original Greek is that you may receive the promised spirit. The promise is the spirit. The spirit is the promise. So it is not the promise of the spirit as per two things. It's the promised spirit through faith. That you might receive the promised spirit. Through faith. Now, the word redemption. Somebody say redemption. The word redemption. Let's look at some words. There is a word called exagorazo. Exagorazo. E-X. Okay? The second word is the word lutro. L-U-T-R-O. Lutro. Lutro. It deals with the consequences of the payment. Lutro. 
it goes beyond what was paid and deals with the circumstance of the payment. It's from there you get the word lutrosis. L-U-T-R-O-S. These are words of redemption. They are very key for you in the defense of your understanding. It refers to the release. What came out of the price that was paid? Lutrosis. Lutro. Exagorazo. Then they say, there's another word that comes out of lutrosis is the word apolotrosis. Apolotrosis. Apolo. A-P-O-L-O-T-R-O-S-I-S. It refers to the things that accrue because of the price that was paid. Apollotrosis. Because of the price that was paid, these are the benefits. Apollotrosis. Look at Titus chapter 2 verse 14. Titus chapter 2 verse number 14. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. He gave himself for us. 1 Peter 1.18 1 Peter 1.18 I'm taking time to do exegesis so that you have clarity of understanding. For as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. Next verse. But with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Are you still here? Now, so it deals with being redeemed from. 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 Hebrews 9, 12. Lutrosis. Hebrews 9, verse 12. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained, what? So, what came out of, uh, what came out of the lutrosis, the apolotrosis, is eternal. The consequences of the price paid is eternal in nature. When you understand that, you won't think of losing salvation. Losing doesn't come in anymore because of apolotrosis. The nature of the apolotrosis is eternal. He has obtained eternal. Eternal. Not temporal. Redemption is eternal. Why? The nature of the price paid. What was the price paid? The blood of Christ. As of a lamb without blemish. Was paid to the devil. Who in the first place is not qualified to take delivery of it. But because of man's default, man's messing up, God offered it on a platter to the devil and told the devil, keep it and shut up eternally. 
So they overcame. They will not overcome. They op- that blood in its eternal nature is your seal of eternal victory. They overcame by the blood. Now the blood is not liquid. The blood is the life of Christ. That's why we don't sprinkle blood. That's illiteracy talking. Blood is life. The life of Christ is the blood of Christ. So Jesus gave his life to Satan and told him, keep life and leave these people alone. Satan cannot keep it. So the life is keeping Satan. Keeping him on that check. He's keeping him on that check. If he wants to misbehave, the, the life will knock his head. You know I'm too much for you. Shut up. You've been overpaid. What you have been paid, you don't even know what it takes to keep it. Pastor Jane, that's why it's an insult for a believer to be fighting with Satan. Say, let's fight him. Let's fight him. Fire. Fire. What? What? You are a joke. You are a capital joke. You are a joke in capital letters. Fight Satan. Then what did Jesus do? So you are better than Jesus, right? So Jesus failed. Now you want to help him. Jesus disarmed principalities and powers eternally. Satan is armless. He has no armor. You have armor. Put on the whole armor of God. Take on the breastplate of righteousness. Take on the helmet of salvation. Lord get about with truth. Put on the shoes of peace. The shield of faith, which is the word of God, and the sword of the spirit. Quench every fiery dart. So all Satan has is fiery darts in an unprotected body. Then you, you are protected. You are fully armed, and you are still running from Satan, who is not protected, has no arm, only fiery darts. You are doing all night prayer on Satan, who is not protected. If they say, let's pray for the plan of God to be carried out in, in Nakuru. But in the name of Jesus. If you like, let your plan be carried out. If you like, let it not be carried out. Let your will be done. Thank you, Father. Now, let us bind every devil that is stopping on the gate of your progress. Hey-ya! Hey-ya! They know not. Neither do they understand. So they walk on in darkness. And foundations of the earth are out of course. My people are destroyed. Not for Satan. The ignorance in a man is his destruction. The streets of Nakuru don't have Satan. Satan is not two, he's one. If he's in Australia, he's not in Nakuru. Satan can only be in one place at one time. He's not omnipotent. Only God by the Holy Ghost is everywhere. Satan is in one location per time. 
So if in Nakuru you are binding Satan, in Nairobi you are binding Satan, in Nigeria they are binding Satan, America they are binding Satan, Australia they are binding Satan. So which Satan are they binding? Because all of them may be binding a Satan that is in Congo. <laughs> Glory to God. Say I am in authority here. And I have news for you. Anytime Satan crosses your path, he has one position under your feet. So if you have the message for Satan, write on a paper, stick it to your shoe, wear it and tell the devil, look up. Glory to God. All power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Behold, I give you power. Somebody shout, I hear, I hear. You're not a victim. You're a victor. I. You're not under. You're over. No, you're not to apologize. Satan is the one apologizing. Light never runs from darkness. Darkness runs from light. You are the light of the world. Satan is a prince of darkness. When you appear, Satan disappears. It's not a fight. It's not Satan say, push me, I push you. No! No! You are seated in heavenly places. Far above principalities and powers. I'm teaching, I'm teaching, I'm teaching, I'm teaching. God punish the devil. I declare over you, you will reign in life. Reign over sickness. Reign over disease. Reign over the kingdom of darkness. Somebody shout, I am the cure to Satan. I am light. He is darkness. My appearance is his disappearance. Am I teaching good tonight? See that, let me push a few more minutes. Friends, these are the things we know. You see us calm all the time. We are calm. In nothing be terrified by the devil. Don't be ruffled. Don't be terrified. Be calm. Impatience possess your souls. Be calm. Don't be terrified. It's not all that. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. If Satan is big, it's inside your head. He's not big in my own. You understand? He's inside your head. He's playing your mind game. Is you he's playing with. Not me. I know him all, all. Anyhow he turns, I know. If he comes as light, I know it's fake light. If I shine my own, his own becomes darkness. I know him. I'm not. See, you will never know Satan till you know Christ. The revelation of Christ exposes Satan. Satan is darkness. It's light that reveals darkness. The reason why you're afraid of Satan is because you don't know Christ. Give yourself to know Christ. Satan will become nothing. You will pray for weeks without calling Satan. You know why Satan is big in your prayer? Because you don't know him. How can Satan occupy space in my communion with my father? Father, in the name of Jesus, Satan, I bind you, I bind you, I bind you, I bind you. Father, I glorify Satan out, out. Ah, ah. Are Are they mates? Are they classmates? You can't pray a complete prayer 
without calling Satan, are you so terrorized? Can't you go for two, three, five days without mentioning Satan? Have you been so messed up? Before you even call God, you call Satan. You know, there are churches where opening prayer is Satan on a Sunday morning. As soon as they gather. Today we bind Satan from interfering with the service. Everybody open fire. What are you waiting for? Clap your hands. Stamp your feet. Da, da, da. Satan, fire, fire, fire. All of you are jokers. Satan is hanging by a coffee shop laughing at all of you. Because you are doing weight loss exercise. It has no spiritual value. The Bible never asks you to fight Satan. Fight the good fight of faith. It's not a fight of Satan. It's a fight. You know the fight of faith? A defense of the message of Christ. That's a fight of faith. It's a defense of doctrine. It's not fighting some strange, mysterious things. Eh -eh. Fight of faith is defending. That's what I'm doing now. In Nakuru, I'm fighting a fight of faith. I'm defending the message. I'm defending the victory. I'm defending the scriptures so that you can enjoy the liberty that the scriptures offer. I'm casting down imagination. I'm bringing down your thoughts. I'm engaging in spiritual warfare. You don't do spiritual warfare on your knees. You do spiritual warfare with your mouth. Teaching and preaching. Teaching good. Some say, why does he say you should put on the whole armor so you can preach the gospel? The armor is for preaching. Why do you need to be armed to preach? Because there are strongholds in men's mind that will fight the message. So you arm yourself to, to contend until those things come down and people's minds are liberated to enjoy Christ. I'm teaching here. People attack me on social media. I'm not moved because I know they don't know anything. They are just used. The real guy using them is the one I'm dealing with in Nakuru now. Tomorrow I'll enter Nairobi and flog his bomb bomb. Pia, 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 pia. Ow! Next week I'll be in London. I'll gather all of them. Pia, 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 pia. When he's shouting here, I'm, I'm doing my own here. By the time he comes, all the hostages are released. While he's crying, I've gone to another place. I don't have time to be pampering people who blackmail and insult me. No, no, no. It's a distraction of my focus. I'm on ambition. Abuse me? Thank you. Insult me? Thank you. Praise me? Thank you. Don't like me? Thank you. Like me? Thank you. It changes nothing. I am what I am. What you say about me cannot reduce. Mm -mm. There's nothing you can do to take away from me. I'm a product of his grace. I am what I am by the grace of God. Somebody said, Dr. Damina is preaching heresy. Don't worry, when you grow up, you will join me. See, when a child is talking, don't argue with him. Let him grow. Some people argue with me. It's in 10 years they will understand the ABCs of what I'm teaching now. And our disciples, 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 disciples will disciple them then. If you refuse the honor for me to teach you myself, my disciples, 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 
disciples, disciples will sit you down and teach you this same thing I'm teaching you now. I'm not moved at all. We were in Shagamu. Shagamu is in Lagos State in Nigeria. An elderly man, should be in his 60s, was in the conference sitting down. He's a pastor, big pastor. Listen to me for two days. And then they came out. Before everybody said, I want to apologize. I fought your coming. I told them, if you come, this conference will not hold. I fought it with everything. But they insisted you must come. Sir, I'm sorry. Sitting down to listen to you for two days. I know I'm wrong. Forgive me. He has grown. He has grown. The ones that have not grown, they are still fighting. Throwing tantrums. <laughs> Dr. Damina says no tightening. You know, when you collect feeding bottle from babies, mommy, idiot, mommy, idiot. They are angry, they are abusing and insulting because you collected feeding bottle. So when they are shouting, I know I've collected one feeding bottle. Am I talking to somebody here? And all of you pastors here, when you start preaching this thing seriously, you will be abused. You will be persecuted. You will be misunderstood. You will be criticized. You will be, you will be called a heretic. Do you know what? The funny thing is that the people who call us heretic cannot define the word heresy. They can't define it. They just heard it somewhere. They like it. And they are using it. They don't even know the meaning of heresy. They can't explain heretic. Ask them, what does he mean? They'll say, it's heretic. What does he mean? Heretic is heretic. <laughs> I'm doing good tonight. <laughs> Glory to God. Something new is happening. In Nakuru, in Kenya. This nation will be shaken by this gospel. I'm telling you. It will be shaken by this gospel. And all these law preachers, and all these materialistic preachers, they will have no pulpit to stand on. I'm telling you, the purity of Christ, Christ didn't die in vain. What Christ died for will be completed. He will save his people. He will save his people. And that's why the earlier you understand it, the better you can help more people. Help more people. A pastor in Nigeria, one of the big pastors at the national, whatever, of the mainstream church in Nigeria, met me in the aircraft. He said, Dr. Damina, don't stop preaching it. Don't. In public, I insult you and abuse you. In my church, I abuse you. I have to be frank. But privately, I raise the volume. <laughs> so because what you're preaching is the truth. You see, at my age, I wasn't sure of salvation till I started listening to you. Now I know I'm sure. Please, let your persecution be our blessing. Don't stop. So they insult me publicly, but they listen to me privately. Nicodemus will come out in the afternoon. It's a matter of time. Nick will come out in the daytime. Very soon. Let him keep coming at night. One of these days you will see Nick in the afternoon. Glory! 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 Can I take like five, ten more minutes of your time? Are you sure? I want to get somewhere. I want to get somewhere with what I'm teaching you right. So there is apolotrosis. 
That is, people had committed sins under the old covenant. The death of Christ gave them eternal inheritance. How many of you know that since the beginning of time till Jesus died, nobody went to heaven? You know that? So Elijah didn't go to heaven. So Enoch didn't go to heaven. Because Jesus said, no man has ascended up except I, the son of man, who came from heaven. Meaning, none of them. So if the Old Testament says Enoch went to heaven, the New Testament says he didn't go to heaven. Then the New Testament tells us where Enoch and Elijah went. He said they died. So when he said Enoch was without, it means Enoch died. When he said a, a, a you know, chariot carried Elijah, it was another type of death. All of them died. Nobody, they don't have what it takes to get to heaven. They were not born again. Elijah wasn't born again. Moses wasn't born again. By today's standard, all of them are unbelievers. They were not born again. Jeremiah wasn't born again. Isaiah wasn't born again. Abraham wasn't born again. That's why when they died, they were in paradise. Paradise was in the underworld, not in the sky, in the underworld. Paradise was close to hell. Jesus told us the parable that in hell, the rich man asked Abraham to tell Lazarus to cool his tongue, which means people in hell and in paradise could converse because they were all in the same department. Only something divided them so that we know light from darkness. In fact, when the rich man asked Father Abraham to tell Lazarus to cool his tongue with water, Father Abraham did not say he would not do it. Father Abraham said yes. No argument, he was your servant. You were good to him on earth. And what good tongue deserves another? He can cool your tongue. It's only that there's a gulf. Even if he brings the water, how will he pass it? Which means if there was no gulf, Lazarus would have still been serving water to the rich man. I don't know if I'm teaching here. So watch this. When Jesus died, oh glory. When Jesus gave up the ghost, they didn't take it from him. He gave it up. Father, forgive them. They know not what they are doing. Into your hands, I commit my spirit. And he gave up the ghost. They did not collect the ghost. He gave it up. See, believers don't die. Believers sleep when they give up their ghost. Nobody can force you out of this world until you give up your ghost. You're not hearing? They stone Stephen and stone Stephen and stone Stephen. Stephen started seeing visions. Huh? Stones are hitting him. Heaven's just open now. Excuse me, guys. As you're studying me, the heaven has just... Look up. Heaven has opened. They cannot see. Son of God is standing... Ah! He's standing at the regency on high. Glory to God. He's no more feeling the stones. He's feeling the glory. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Into your hands, I... It's not the stones that killed him. I commit my spirit. And he gave up the ghost. Are you following? They took Paul and stoned him and stoned him. He collapsed. 
they left thinking he has died. When they left, he stood up because he has not given up the ghost. He stood up and cleaned his body. I say, useless people. The following morning, he was in the synagogue teaching. Then one day, he says, I fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. And henceforth is laid for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord shall give to me. Then Paul said, I am now ready to be offered. Friends, you, the authority you have, if your eyes are open to it, you will not walk normal. You'll be walking like this. That's why Paul prayed that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. That you may know, number one, the hope of your calling. Number two, your inheritance. Number three, the exceeding greatness of of his power, which he wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead, and set him at the right hand of majesty on high. That power is in the saints. Did you see the adjective? Exceeding greatness of his power. There's no place in the Bible that has a concentration of adjectives in a verse like the power. Exceeding hupa balloon. Hupa. That is to go beyond target. That is, I plan to send this handkerchief to Pastor Philemon. But because of the energy that I use in throwing it, it went to the other brother. That is the power that is inside you. It's power that breaks barriers. It breaks territories. I don't know if I'm teaching here. Say it's inside me. Say it's in me. See, what you carry does not hit target. When it hits, it scatters and goes beyond. Exceeding greatness of his dunamis. Dunamis is inherent ability. Dunamis is where you have dynamite. How do dynamites function? When a dynamite explodes, it changes and rearranges things. What you carry when you explode in Nangwandonge, Jebrano, Zeketa, it explodes, it changes, and rearranges things. If you're catching my flow, shout, I hear you. Too loaded to fail. Too loaded. That's why Paul prayed that you may know it. Pastor Jane, you can carry so much. And be like a pizza because you don't know. Carrying is not equal to knowing. After you carry it, you must know what you carry. Many of you are carrying all of God and you are acting like Satan's victim. Every night you have to pray 12. Because Satan operates at night. So 12 o'clock you stand up, fire! Are you calling fire service or what are you calling? No. He giveth his beloved sleep. Sleep well. Don't wake up at 12. Because 12 in Nakuru is not 12 in America. It's local idea. It's lack of exposure that makes people think that 12 o'clock is when Satan operates. They have not traveled. 
When you travel, you will know that 12 is only 12 here. Outside here is another time. Exposure is good. It will help you from praying some stupid prayers. It will reduce your prayer points. Somebody shouting loud, Satan is under my feet. I'm far above principalities, powers. I'm possessed by the Spirit of God. I'm pregnant with the exceeding greatness of His power. The power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. The power that defeated death dwells in me. I cannot die. I have passed from death to life. I am possessed with the life of God. Whatever I touch comes alive. I am a distributor of God's life. I am a dispenser of the grace of God. I am a carrier of the riches of grace. I am not limited. I am a stranger to failure. For me to fail, God will have to fail. And God cannot fail. Therefore, I cannot fail. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I am possessed with all of God. Shout glory! Stand on your feet. That's all I've got for you tonight. May go Jakayata. Brega dado de delege. Angaba Jakelebohota. Brega dado zekebahada. Manga, nonga, jaga, legra, taga, soga, henge, maga, lega, roko, taga, haga, zeke, haga, jaka, haga, mere, keta, hayadamo, jekele, boss. Brenda, dondo, ze colonna, hangarata, hangarata, hangarata. Things will no more remain the way they used to be. Lega shota, babra da da dole, hangara da basota, agala, 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 agala. Nakuru, come to the knowledge of the truth. Legra to sakayada. In the name of Jesus. Can I hear a good amen? Say, I do not confess sin. I confess Christ. Somebody say, but why don't you confess sin? Because in Christ, all sins were paid for eternally. All. So what about 1 John 1, 9? 1 John 1, 9 is to unbelievers. It's not to you, the believer. If we confess our sins, it's faithful and just to forgive. He's not talking to you. He's talking to an unbeliever. He's talking to the agnostics. First of all, one verse of scripture does not form a doctrine. You need a corroboration of text. Two or three witnesses forms a doctrine. There's only one verse in the entire New Testament that talks about confessing sin. First John 1 9. That doesn't form a doctrine. Yet many Christians, that's their doctrine. It doesn't form. You need a corroboration of text. So when you read First John chapter 1, you find out that he wasn't talking to believers. Because look at it in verse 7. He already tells you in First John 1 7. Look at verse 7. It says, but if we walk in the light, talking to you believers, because you are in the light. If we walk in the light, as he's in the light, we have fellowship 
with one another koinonia and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanse it we don't confess we are under constant cleansing under constant but when you sin knowingly and you sin unknowingly there's a constant cleansing going on if God has to wait for you to confess, there are sins you will never confess. And if the standard is confession, it means you will never be forgiven. Because there are sins you commit without knowing. It's not every sin you know. He that knows to do good and doeth it not, it's a sin. Okay, you know you should greet Pastor Jane, but when you saw her, you didn't feel nice, so you turned your face. You've sinned. We sin in many ways every day. Without even knowing. Whatever is not of faith is sin. You eat food you don't believe in because you're hungry. The food in your stomach is a sin. So how many are you going to confess? Once you start confessing sin, you have left the New Testament to the Old Testament. Because what they did every year was that they brought an animal, then the priest will put his hand on the goat and they will confess their sin on the head of the goat. Okay? They did that every year. And even with that, it never took away sin. Even with that. Because it was a continuous work. Because he couldn't serve the purpose. Jesus said, in animal, I mean, the writer of Hebrews said, in burnt sacrifices and animals, you have no pleasure. So, why were they killing animals? Since God was not happy with it. It was economic waste. It had no spiritual value. Were there sins forgiven? No. Did they kill animals? Yes. To what end? Because Moses discovered these people didn't want to understand what Christ will do. So he gave them practical assignment to use it to drive the knowledge into them. It didn't affect them because it was not about their sins forgiven. It was about them understanding that the person that will take away their sin will be an animal. So for all the years they were killing animals, it was Moses' teaching ministry. It was practicals to drive a message in. It had no value. Then Jesus said, Lo, in the volume of the books it is written of me. I am come to do thy will. And a body that was prepared me. So all that didn't please God until Christ came. Because Christ was the real animal that those animals typified. So you keep confessing until you meet Christ. Once you meet Christ, confession ends. Somebody says, so if I sin, what do I do? Stand up and say, I'm too big for this. I won't do it again. Goodbye. Thank you, Lord. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. What does the Bible say? Awake to righteousness and sin not. So when you wake up to who you are, sin loses taste. Because when you confess sin, you build sin consciousness. And the consciousness of sin weakens you, so you keep committing it. So we walk in the light. He is in the light. We are fellowship. And the blood is cleansing us. Now, he wouldn't say that in verse 7, and then in verse 9, now asks you to confess. It's a contradiction. So who was he talking to in verse 9? First John 1, 9. If we confess, now remember, the original text doesn't have punctuation. This punctuation was added by translators and most times that's where the problem is. So remove the punctuation. Remove all. Let's read. If we confess our sins here, 
If we confess our sins, he. So our sins is a he. Jesus is our sin. So we confess him. And then when we confess him our sin, him our sin is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What that verse is saying is that if you believe in your heart the Lord Jesus and confess with your mouth that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. That's what he's saying there. Because after he now talked to the agnostics, he came back to talk to you again in chapter 2, verse 1. First John 2, 1. My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. And if any one of you sin, you have, he didn't say confess, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Who is an advocate? A trusted lawyer. When you go to court of law with your lawyer, you don't talk. Your lawyer talks. So when you do wrong, Jesus talks. You don't talk. Amen. If confession had value, Adam would have been free by confession. Adam was the first person who confessed sin. I was naked. I was afraid. I hid myself. What is that confession? That didn't solve it. The wages of sin is death. It's not confession. And Christ died to free you. You're free. So every day you wake up, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. He has forgiven me all my sins. Amen? Father, I pray for everybody in this building online and all those listening to the sound of my voice that this revelation grows big in our hearts. That these days ahead of us will be days of glory and days of heaven on earth as we see souls coming to the knowledge of the truth. Ministries growing in knowledge, growing in exploits, growing in impact. We decree that Nakuru is turned around to the knowledge of Christ. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for the blessing upon your people. In Jesus name we pray. And every believer says that amen like you believe what you just said. Are you blessed tonight? Now listen, I want to take up your office. Please listen. When we do conferences like this and we come to you, it takes a lot of money for the organizers to get us to come. And so when we ask you to give, you must give intentionally. We don't want to tell you, give this, give that. That's not the focus. The focus is when you are in love with God, there is nothing you cannot give. It's a love thing. It's not like, how many of you can give this? How many of you can? So you cannot? No, 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 no. It's the depth of your love for Christ that will be reflected in the amount you give as an offer in honor of what he has done. When people see Jesus, money loses value. The reason why money has value on you is because your revelation of Jesus is weak. You've not seen Christ. When you see Christ, there's nothing you cannot give. You come to a meeting like this where revelation knowledge is flowing. You want to support the whole conference. You want to support, you want to say, look, how much did it cost? I want to pay half of the bill. Yes, let it be that it was on my account that people were liberated and blessed. Let it be on my account. Let Jesus see that it is on my credit that all of this impact took place in people's lives. And I'm believing God that in Kenya next year, 
We should have people that will be willing to pay for us to do national TV. To put this message on national TV and national radio so that everywhere the thing will just boom. Massive invention. And we have the money. Somebody say we have the money. Listen, people invest into politics and don't win. They spend millions and they don't win. And they are okay. And there is no reward. How much more when you give into the kingdom where you are laying treasure for yourself in heaven? Where you will see the joy of lives liberated, souls set free, people's lives made better, the purpose of Jesus carried out on the earth. Money shouldn't be a barrier. So when we ask you to give, give your best. Remember, there are bills to pay and we can do much more for the kingdom. Amen? I said amen. Think about it. And if you feel led to be part of television, radio, or whatever you want to support our ministry, talk to Pastor Jane. Talk to Pastor Jane. We are sold out. We are not looking for shoes to wear. We are not looking for perfume to put on our bodies. We are not looking for designer wristwatches. We don't even need wristwatches. We don't need it. We want souls to be saved. That's what our ministry is about. We are about souls. We reach out. That's all we want. The false gospel has done too much havoc. And the preachers of it are too many. So we need a, we need a, a, a coalition that will help us to debunk and clear the atmosphere. Amen. See, I hear. I hear. So when we ask you to give, think about these things. And we want you to know that our ministry is accountable. Every dollar, every dime you give to us is well accounted for. Every. And I want you to start dreaming of it because we'll do a lot in the year to come. We'll do a lot. We'll do many things. You know, many, many things. I've told Pastor Jane, we'll do many more conferences. We'll even do Bible schools. We'll do all kinds of things next year across this nation so that we can raise an army and mobilize and equip people to preach Christ. Say, I hear. Are you with us? So when we say give, think about those things. Think about it. Think about it. You know, somebody, in, one guy in Nigeria paid for me to be on radio for one year. When I went to preach in their state, he said, I'm paying for you to be on another radio. He said, there are two of them because that one doesn't have the kind of coverage I'm looking for. So I'm paying for another one. And we're having people pay for radio, pay for television, pay for different things to get the gospel out there. And you and them will appear before Jesus for reward. See? See? We'll all be at the judgment seat of Christ for reward. Reward for what we did to advance his kingdom. Think about that. This world doesn't have much to offer. This world has nothing much to offer. Eternity is where it is. Praise God. We love you guys. We're so glad to be with you. I've enjoyed myself in Nakuru, man. Enjoyed. You see the way I was preaching? I enjoyed myself. See the way Neon was singing till he forgot his lyrics? He enjoyed himself. Even Pastor Jim forgot her lights. Enjoy herself. I'm the only one that didn't forget my lights. <laughs> Praise God. Grab an offering, everybody. Want to give you if you're making transfers. If you're making transfers, the account will come on the screen. And uh, if you're making a check, make it out just plain. They will fill in the blank spaces. And we want to give tonight. Let me also finally say we came with books. Get as many of them as you can. If you can get all of them, you're having a whole Bible school. Sit down and chew on them the whole of next year. But everybody make sure you have a copy or two or three of our books. And I will stay back to autograph a few of them before I leave. Amen.
Are you happy? Alright, Father, pray as everybody gives tonight. We give in faith. We give sacrificially. We give deliberately. We give intentionally. We and our resources, we are yours. There's nothing we have that you didn't give to us. The essence of us making money is to advance your cause. Therefore, we do not keep our resources from you. We release our money. We release our givings. Willingly tonight and joyfully. And we ask that our offerings tonight are a sweet smell before you. In Jesus' name we pray. And every believer says Amen. Amen. Alright, so the banking details are on the screen for M-Pesa. And then, of course, if you have your your own cash, you can drop it in the baskets. Or you have a check, you can drop it in the baskets. But you can be, do your bank transfers directly. And while we're doing that, you can be seated. And you just walk out, drop, and get back to your seat. And you can be seated. I'll hand over the microphone another minute or two to Pastor Jane so that she can wrap up the conference. But let's go ahead and do our offerings right now. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Praise God. I'm not hearing your amen. Amen. So just drop your offerings, drop your offerings, drop your offerings. We'll be in Nairobi tomorrow till Sunday. If any of you feels like coming, come over. Come meet us in Nairobi. We'll have more time to teach and we'll have more time for impartations. Praise God. God bless you, Pastor Jane. Over to you. Thank you, Papa. Thank you, Papa. Is somebody celebrating that word? Is somebody celebrating that glorious time that we have had? Time of learning and learning and relearning. If you are blessed, let me see by a show of your hands. If that word has blessed you, would you like us to come again to Nakuru? Would you like us to come again to Nakuru? Let Papa hear that. Would you like us to come again? Hallelujah, glory. I know you're going to make it happen. And we are also looking forward to a time when we'll be able to come to Nakuru and continue with the good work that God himself has started. Thank you so much. I want to appreciate every one of you for availing yourself to come for this meeting. I would like you to know that our Nakuru Power City Campus meets at this place every Sunday at Vienna Hotel. Uh, You'll find our pastor, Pastor Max Miner, Every Sunday here, and the time is from 9.30 a.m. So, Karibuni Sana, for those of you who will want to continue uh, fellowshipping with us. And Pastor Miner's number is on the screen there. If you want to uh, talk to him, if you would want to confirm details of uh, the campus that meets here, you can do that. Now, Papa, I don't know whether uh, we are going to take questions. If anybody has a question... In uh, times like this, after Papa has ministered, we've realized some of you have questions, something that was not clear, you'd want clarity, or even on any doctrinal matter, our Papa is able to handle that. I'm going to request you that if you are that person, write it very quickly on a piece of paper and just pass it here to Pastor Vincent. Pastor Vincent, please stand up. Write it, write it. And because this is our last day here in Nakuru, kindly take advantage of this time and just write your question. Papa will be glad to answer your question. Just write it on a piece of paper, doctrinal matter. If something was not clear within the course of uh, uh, the hour when Papa was speaking, just write your question and pass it over. And soon we'll be out of this place. Soon will be out of this place.
if you have bought a book, if you have bought a book, Papa is here. He will autograph the book. Your books, if you have bought more than one, we are going to have it autographed. If you want Papa to sign on the book that you have bought to autograph, we have a few minutes within which Papa can do that. Kindly power Papa's microphone for the question. And the books to be autographed. Uh, Wawero, can you please kindly receive the books to be autographed? I'm, I think I'm seeing one there. The Hermias are those to be autographed? Okay, Papa. Pastor Philemon, the pen. I think we can. We, yeah, yeah, we do the questions and then the books can be kept there. Uh, as soon as Papa handles the questions, then uh, he'll autograph. Papa, please, how do we preach without. It is not clear. How do we preach witches and occultic? Pastor Vincent, can you read this for me, please? Witches and occultic boys. How do we preach to witches, <laughs> witches and, and occultic boys? Preach Christ. Just preach Christ. There's no special message. Same message. You preach to a sinner. You preach to witches. You preach to government. You preach to everybody. The message is one. is consistent. The message is power. When you preach it, the power of God is contained in that message. To dislodge, to dismantle, and to set people free. But remember, after you preach and they are saved, then you start discipleship. Discipleship is the process of turning them into students and training them for maturity. Okay? When Jesus said, it is finished, what was finished? The law. The law. And the Old Testament promises. He consummated it on the cross. And in his resurrection, he gave us all that was ours. So it's the law of Moses that was finished. Remember I said, I came not to destroy but to fulfill. So it is finished means the law is fulfilled. His demands are met and it is taken out of the way. Uh, while I read this one, kindly project Genesis 6, 1 to 2. Genesis 6, 1 to 2. Sons of the, the Giants. Yeah, somebody says, explain Genesis 6, 1-2. Okay. When they are pro- while they are projecting, we can answer another one. One saved, always saved. Can one lose salvation? How can you lose what you never obtained? Okay. How can you lose what you don't have? Salvation is not your property. It's what Christ has done. He saved, he keeps. And when he keeps, you don't lose it. John 10, 28-29. Romans chapter 8, verse 35, 36, 37, 38, 39. Hebrews 7, 25, 26. I can give you 150 scriptures that says you can't lose salvation. They're there in the Bible. So you don't lose. Because salvation is not an item on the shelf you lose. 
Salvation is Christ and you intertwined together like scrambled eggs. He can't lose you. You can't lose him. You are bound together for life. I have a teaching on that. Esoteria season 3. It's about 35 hours on salvation. Can it be lost? It's about 35 hours. If If you reach out to our office, they can make sure you get the material and you can sit down theologically and go through the teachings and be fully assured. Somebody is also asking, shall there be laying on of hands in this service? Nairobi. Hands were laid on you while I was preaching. As I was speaking, the word is spirit and life. It came into you. Stood you up on your feet. Go, go, go and do exploits. Alright. Then finally. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them. Men and daughters were born unto men. Next verse. That the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them wives of all which they chose. So when you see sons of God, you think of angels, but it's not talking about angels. He's talking about men. Look at the, the, the post text. Next verse. Don't always stop at the immediate verse. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man, for that is, he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be 120 years. Next verse. Then there were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they, and they brought children to them, the same became mighty men. Mighty men, which were of old, men of renown. Next verse. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. So the predominant word there is man, 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 man. So when he says sons of God, he's still talking about men. It's just a way of communication. Kitten, he's not talking about angels. He's not talking about angels. He's dealing with men. Angels and human beings cannot have sex. Because angels don't have sex. Jesus said. Jesus said. When they told him that a particular woman. I mean a particular woman married the first husband. The man died. Married the second. The third. The fifth. The sixth. The seventh. Then they now say on the resurrection day. Whose wife. Who among them will be her husband. For they all had her. Jesus said on the day of resurrection. There is no marriage. There is no sex. Everybody shall be like the angels. Which means angels don't have sex. So there's no way angels and human beings would have met because angels don't understand sex. Is it clear? So he was talking about men. Yeah. And finally, elaborate on the issue of wine. Like alcohol? Yes. Well, first of all, I have never, I don't drink alcohol. I have never drank alcohol but once. And that once was by mistake. <laughs> A, somebody in our state dedicated the baby in the church and they asked us to come for reception. We got to the house for reception with one of my men in church and he took wine. You know, in Nigeria we have non-alcoholic wine. So he took one and poured, thinking it was non-alcoholic. And I was thirsty because I just came from preaching. And so I just took it and I drank a full cup for the first time. And I started feeling like this. So I said to mama, I said, it's like, I'm not well. Let's go home. I feel very sick. Let's go. Let's go. So we left. Got home. I managed to get into the house. And then I changed into my house clothes. And I was still feeling very bad. So I felt like, let me pray. So as I looked down to kneel down and pray, the ground was very far. Stop laughing. It's not fair. And as I was coming down to pray, I just hit my head. Boom! I just slept. That was the end. 
So I do not drink alcohol. But listen carefully. Alcohol is not a sin. It's not. The water Jesus turned to wine was alcoholic. It wasn't non-alcoholic. It was alcoholic wine. But the, the Bible tells us alcohol is not a sin. It's not a sin. The food you eat every day has alcohol. Carbohydrates produce alcohol. Your cakes have alcohol. But the word is moderation. Moderation. Are you understanding? But you know what we advise? Don't drink. Because it has the ability to get you addicted. And once you are addicted to something, you become a slave of that thing. And God doesn't want to be enslaved by anything. So stay away from it. But if by mistake you drink it, just shake it and move on. It's not a sin. It's not a sin. It's not a sin. You know, food can be a sin. Food. Food can be a sin. When you eat without moderation, you say their God is their stomach. So anything that is out of moderation is a sin. Okay? So stay away from it, but it is not a sin. But because you don't want to be bound by it, stay away from it. Is it clear? Thank you very much. Let us appreciate Papa. Let's appreciate Papa. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Papa. And uh, while Papa will be signing uh, your books, autographing them, uh, I'll just call Pastor Vincent to close the meeting for us. And Nakuru, we will wait to receive a word from you on when next you want to see us here. We will be so glad to come. We will come running. We will come running. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so, so, so much. Bless your heart. Pastor Vincent. Thank you. Appreciate Pastor Vincent. Praise Jesus. So once again, we want to thank all of you for sparing time and being with us. Uh, the first service we heard and this uh, So once again, thank you for coming. Uh, we are reminding you that uh, we still have our purpose books. There are quite a number of them, so grab your copies. Uh, we are also reminding you that uh, we have our Nairobi meetings. They are starting tomorrow. Uh, we are meeting at Western Hotel along Langata Road, opposite Wilson Airport. Uh, tomorrow's meeting is at 5 p.m. So tomorrow we are meeting at 5 p.m. And then on Saturday we are meeting at 2 p.m. So mark the times. Tomorrow, which is a Friday, we are meeting at 5 p.m. On Saturday we are meeting at 2 p.m. Then on Sunday we have two meetings. We have 10 and 2 p.m. Praise the Lord. I say praise the Lord. Are we blessed? I say are we blessed? Go in peace in Jesus' name.